Hello and welcome to Rocky Fortune from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Frank Sinatra, transcribed as Rocky Fortune. NBC presents Frank Sinatra, starring as that footloose and fancy-free young gentleman, Rocky Fortune. You know, there's an old saying, never look a gift horse in the mouth. With pen and cheek, I now write me a new saying. Never look a gift blonde in the eyes. She was blonde because her hair told me so. That was the only proof I had. She didn't walk, she insinuated. She was from New Orleans and her name was Lou. And believe me, brother, Lou was no lady. When I saw I said to myself, I'd dig this babe. She almost dug me, too. Right into her grave. <laughs> Tell me an interesting-looking man like you spends much time in an unemployment compensation line. So I won't tell you. You call the shots, baby. I'm awful easy to get along with. Yeah, I really believe that. I hate to see a capable-looking man like you standing in a place like this. I know what you mean, honey. The name's Rocky Fortune. This is not only a name, it's also a description. As fortunes go, I got the rockiest. Last week was pretty bad in the money book, so this week finds me in line. <laughs> I bet you're not too easy to keep in line. Hmm. You keep up with that southern syrup, and I'm liable to wind up making like a pancake. Buy a cup of coffee? Make mine straight. You got all the sugar I need. Warm by the steaming brew and blonde, I thought I'd better start moving in some direction, so I took the direct route. You must have something else on your mind besides what I hope. Why don't you spill, honey? I love a direct man. Why don't you tell me something about yourself? Well, I'm not exactly ready to publish a story in my life, not till I know what rights I can hang on to. Tell my fortune first. Nice though. I think you're about to come into some real money. I like you, Gypsy. Keep reading the coffee grounds. And I notice you never mind sticking out your neck just a little bit if there's money involved. That could be the story of my life. Yes. And you also have an unfortunate habit of getting yourself involved, and sometimes you get hurt. Keep reading me. Well, um, I-, I got me a little plan where you get just a little bit involved, where you can't possibly get hurt, and the way you can make yourself some $5,000. Honey, my ears ain't wagging because of the money. I'm just fanning my face to keep a cool expression. Give. All you have to do is one teeny-weeny little thing for little old me. Well, I'll make book. I won't like it, but tell me anyway. But, honey, you will like the 5000 It's such nice money. And just what does little old me have to do for little old you to make that little old five grand? Kill my little old husband. She poured on her message of murder. So you see, honey lamb, it it really is most embarrassing for me to be in this predicament. But there's one thing I got too much of. Yeah, it's tough to believe. From where I sit, the distribution is great. (laughs) 
I just love to hear you say things like that. I just love it. Uh, let's get back to the excess. You said you had too much of something. Oh. Oh, yeah. It's just too bad, but it can't be helped. I just have too many husbands. Too many what? Isn't it silly? Oh, that's perfectly ridiculous. I thought I just heard you say you got too many husbands. Must have misread my ears. No, you heard me right, honey. But that's illegal. Yeah, I know. That's what's so silly. It's all the law's fault. Mm, I'll make book on it. What's the story? Well, they weren't ever supposed to let Marvin out of prison, and now that the have... Oh, so it's an ex-con you want me to bump. Oh, no, no. Marvin hadn't any dirty old money. It's Perry I gotta get rid of. Who is Perry? My husband. Who is Marvin? My, my husband. husband. You lost me someplace, honey. Let me tell this to myself as I now understand you, which I probably don't. You have two husbands, Marvin and Perry, both alive and both kicking. Well, Marvin's kicking because of Perry. But Perry isn't kicking because he doesn't know about Marvin. Lady, right now, I don't know about you. You just don't seem right to me. You just don't seem right. It was getting on toward evening when I made like a homing pigeon. The wheels in the head were whirling. The first thought was to invest in a call to Gestapo headquarters to ask my pal Sergeant Finger to run a make on the blonde. I tossed out that bright idea. If this dizzy dame was pulling my socks, Finger would never get off my back about it. I had a short session with the idea of going to the husband and informing him of the facts of life. Southern Friday had given me a real fancy engraved card with the address so I knew where to find him. But that notion hit the trash, too. If she is kidding, I'm a real patsy. By the time I'd reached my pad and opened the door, I decided to forget my dizzy blonde dream boat and find myself another playmate for the evening. I reached for the light switch when something hit me. Something that hit me was more than an idea. It was more blackjack style. Before I knew what had happened, I was sailing away to Dreamboat Bay, happy with my life as an ice cream soda. The awakening came like a whoosh of cold water in the puss, which it was. <coughs> Somebody tossed me a lifesaver. I'm drowning. I'm awful sorry to have to do this to you, Mr. Fortune, but it really was necessary. Oh, stop bleeding about it. I might get upset. Who are you? I'll tell you who I am after I tell you how important it is that you stay away from my honey pear. You what? My honey pear. You shouldn't ought to be messing around with Lulu Ann. Lulu Ann? Oh. The lights are on. I'm seeing. Could you be Marvin? I sure am, Mr. Fortune. What's the story? Who belted me on the head? I did. But I'm awful sorry. Don't drown in your tears. Now, look, if you want to wrestle, Buster, just give me a chance to move in. Uh, careful now, Mr. Fortune. This here gun is sure loaded with real bullets. It would hurt me to have to kill you. Yeah, I get the message. I wouldn't feel so good about that myself. So let's talk. Why massage my skull with the loaded leather? I just had to convince you that you should stay away from my honey pear. I just know she's real gone for you. Get ready to receive news, Buster, because I'm sending right now. I ain't interested in your honey pear. I think she's got a screw loose. Well, that don't make no difference. She's interested in you. Sure she's interested in me. She wants me to do a job for her. What kind of job? She wants me to bump husband number two. 
She's offered me five grand to bump Perry. Five grand to bump Perry? I see it all now. Isn't that downright sweet of her? If you see anything, turn on some lights for me. It's awful dark where I'm well, sitting. Well, don't you see? She knows I'd be perfectly willing to bump Perry if she asked me to. She just don't want me to get into trouble. You know, that really touches me. In the head, pal. I think you're both touched. Now, listen close to some words I'm going to read. I want no part of your honey pear or a five grand. I want no part of you. And if I ever catch you without a loaded heater in your mitts, I'm going to play Scrabble with your head. Now, scram. Now, it hurts me to have to be unfriendly. It hurts me real bad, but I still got something to say to you, Mr. Fortune. Stay away from my honey pear, no matter how close she wants to get. And don't you worry about taking care of Mr. Perry. I'll see he gets taken care of nice and proper right now. First thought was to tip Sarge's finger and give him the rundown on the screw-loose con and the too-much-married blonde. Second thought was that by the time I convinced them this comedy of murder is for real, little old Marvin would have drilled a little old hole right through little old Perry's head. Thinking back on the running order, the only thing that convinced me the whole bit was for real was the lump in my skull. Everything else could have been a gag, but this wasn't. Next item should be to make a fast trip to the apartment of Mr. and Mrs. Perry Shane. I made the item. Even the buzzer I pushed in the swank layout looked solid gold. Yes? Mr. Perry Shane? That's right. I got to talk to you, Mr. Shane, and we better talk fast. I don't understand. You will. Just get in out of the doorway and close the door. Now, now, wait a minute. I don't like being pushed around in my own home. Who are you? Rocky Fortune's the name. Sorry for the shove, but it had to be. Now, look, I'll give it to you straight. Somebody's looking to kill you. Somebody wants to kill me? That's right. An ex-con by the name of Marvin is looking for you right now. Why does he want to kill me? Did I ever send him up? That I don't know. I didn't even know you were a mouthpiece. Incidentally, is your wife home? No, she hasn't been home all day. Do you know my wife? If that's her picture sitting on the mantel, I know your wife. Your wife, incidentally, is the reason Marvin wants to kill you. Now, before I ask you to leave, would you mind elaborating on this fantastic story of yours? Well, I guess I'm giving it to you pretty fast at that. The picture ain't very pretty, though, so I don't feel bad. Believe me, mister, your southern bell is ringing out nothing but bad news for you. She wants you dead. I don't know what this is all about, but right now I'm not interested. I don't know who you are or what your plan is, but will you please leave before I call the police? Look, mister, believe me, I know she wants you dead because she offered me 5000 to kill you. Get out. Get out now. I'd hate to have to belt you, so if I do, it's for your own protection. You better keep your hands down, Mr. Shane. No one makes accusations like that against now, my wife. Take it easy, Mr. Shane. Real easy now. You're going to push me too far. Get out of my house. Now sit down in that chair and behave yourself. I'm getting a little tired being shoved around. I'm the patsy in the deal, and I ask for nothing. Now listen to what I have to say. First of all, how long have you been married? That's none of your business. So it's none of my business. This bump in my noggin was none of my business either before I got it. Your wife's husband is the character who gave it to me. My wife's husband? Are you insane? I don't blame you for asking, pal. I doubted myself for a couple of minutes. Whether you believe it or not, your wife has another husband. An ex-con by the name of Marvin. You mean her ex-husband. I know she's been married before. I mean her present husband. He was supposed to be a lifer, so she never bothered to get a divorce. But the law crossed her by letting him out. Now, wait a minute. If all this is true, and frankly, I believe none of it, just what is your interest? <sighs> your wife put the make on me for a couple of weeks. She decided I was the kind of guy she wanted for a particular job. She offered me five grand to knock you over. Mm, sounds like a handsome offer. What's stopping you? A couple of things. First, the law. 
It's real illegal, you know. Second, you'd be real dead if I did. Those two items are stopping you from earning a $5,000 fee? What do you think? Well, you seem like a particularly bright but uh, rough young man. If you're passing up that offer, it's only because you want more from me. That flatters me not, pal, but we'll overlook it. At least it shows you're thinking maybe Dreamboat did make the offer. I see. Uh, would you suggest I call the police and tell them a complete stranger has informed me I'm about to be killed and please send me a police escort? I'm giving you credit, so please extend the same in my direction. Well, what would you suggest? I'll make one call to the Irish clubhouse. To the what? Sorry, pal, lost my head. Irish clubhouse happens to be local police headquarters. Sergeant Harold and Jay Finger's my boy there. I'll call them, get them to give you a rundown on me, and then we'll both go over to headquarters. Well, there's the phone. Let's hope for your sake that Finger is at hand. 25th Precinct. Sergeant Finger. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm here to eternity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Don't tell me. Let me guess. Frank Sinatra? Oh, you are a funny man. Finger, I'm going to put an attorney on by the name of Mr. Shane. I happen to know he's got an ex-con gun in form. Will you tell him that I don't make jokes about things like this? Now, wait a minute. Don't put anybody else on. Who's gunning for who? Sorry, pal, but I got a deadline. I got to get this guy over to the protection of your schlack house before his own line goes dead from a bullet. So talk to the man. This is Perry Shane speaking. I don't know what this is all about yet, Mr. Shane, but if Rocky says your life is in danger, we better come over right away. Uh, just a minute, Sergeant. Since I actually don't know this man and I don't know you, perhaps we'd both better come right over to the precinct. It's your life, Mr. Shane. We'll be right over. And away we went. Out of the door of the plush pad, down the gilded shaft for lifting, and out under the tilted nose of a snooty doorman. Lawyer Shane's car was parked in front of the apartment. It was long, black, and shiny. Could easily be a convertible. <laughs> convertible into a hearse. We made toward the car. Shane opened the door and started to get in. He moved toward the driver's seat, but I saw it coming up and shoved him toward the ground. Hit the ground! What, ha what happened? Take a peek at that neat hole through your windshield, and you won't need any other diagrams. Now get behind that wheel fast, and let's get out of here. Yeah, he's real gone by now. Did you see who it was? Yeah, but just pull over here right at this curb. Pull up right here somewhere. It was little old Lou's little old husband. That was Marvin. Who else would be jerky enough to try a shot like that? The hole, the hole in the windshield. It's right where I would have been sitting if you hadn't pulled me down. Save the drama that we have time for. We got things to do. But aren't we going right over to the police headquarters? You're going right over to Sergeant Finger, 25th Precinct. Now, give me your apartment keys. I'm going to move fast. Now, I'm going right back to your apartment. You go over to the precinct and bring Finger back. On the double. Well, what are you going to... Why are... The $64 questions come later. Move, quick. Goldberg stuck a bulb over my head and an idea lit up. The next move could be back to the plush pad and I want to be there to see it. Hey, 
I no sooner got the door open when magnolia blossoms hit my eardrums. Rocky, I'm so happy as little old you. I'll just bet you're no end pleased. I saw the whole thing right out this window. I was horrified. Why? I thought you wanted him bumped. Well, I do, but I didn't want you bumped. Oh, I couldn't stand it if anything happened to you. Lady, you killed me. Oh, now, Rocky, you could waste that much talent. Let's write some story now, Lady Lou. Were you camping out in the other room while I was talking to Perry? No, of course not. I was just completing my little plan with Marvin. You see, I'm... I'm afraid I had a change of heart, Rocky. I, I realized I'd still have Marvin as a husband, even with Perry out of the way, and that wouldn't do at all. Why not? Marvin was the banana you picked in the first place. Oh, but I've got different ideas now. I want me another husband. I got him all picked out. Say, you are the one. Mm -hmm. Your little plan was just screwball enough to work, too. You know, this crazy Marvin's gone enough on you to do anything you want. He kills Perry for you. You, the about-to-become black satin widow, testify you saw Marvin kill Perry. And the law kills Marvin because he was wicked and murdered Perry. And that leaves me minus two husbands. And plus Perry's loot. Also plus one husband, number three. And him you already picked out. Not him, Rocky. You. Me? <laughs> I'm too young to die. Oh, you're not going to die, Rocky. Together, we're going to live. I'm so sorry for you, Mr. Fortune, that Lulu Ann picked you up. You know, I'm just downright sorry. I'll buy that. You're the sorriest sight I ever saw. I hope you got my last message. You mean about being too young to die? I received the message, but I'm afraid I got to disagree. Figures. The 38 you're packing looks mighty disagreeable. Where from in the woodwork were you hiding? I just don't understand your Yankee talk. If you mean how come I come back here after shooting that and missing Mr. Perry, why, I just had to come back to find out what Lulu Ann wanted me to do next. Oh, Marvin, honey, that's real thoughtful of you. I'm just going to give you a nice big kiss. I right? hate not being a gentleman, Lulu Ann, but I think maybe you better stay over there with Rocky. Why, Marvin? I'm hurt, Lulu Ann. I'm real hurt. If I hadn't heard it from your own sweet lips, I'd never believe it. I heard the whole plan you told Rocky. You wanted me dead. And that goes against my grain. Oh, but Marvin, baby, I was only telling Rocky that so I could stall him and keep him from calling the police. Now, you just go right ahead and shoot Rocky while I throw a few things in a bag. Come, Marvin, you're not going to let Slick Chick pull the black satin over your eyes like that. Get with it, man, get with it. Now, don't you go putting any of your Yankee ideas into Marvin's crowded little head. You go right ahead and shoot him, Marvin. Sure, go right ahead and shoot me, Marvin. The cops will be here in a minute. You'll burn for killing me, and little old Lulu Ann will be left with her little old money bags, Perry. Don't you be telling him things like that. Now, I'll just turn on the radio nice and loud so the shooting won't disturb the neighbors. Don't you see, Marvin? She's got to get rid of you so that she can be legally married to Perry. Don't you believe a word he says. You go on and shoot him while the music is loud. Turn off the radio and listen to me. You make it loud. You gotta be dead or she's not legally married to Perry. She can't get his money while you're still alive. We'll find a way of getting his money, Marvin, and we'll do it together. Now, wait a minute. My nerves just won't stand all this shouting and loud music. I think you're trying to confuse me, Mr. Fortune. Get ready to leave, Luland. I'm gonna shoot him. <laughs> So surprised. <laughs> he was surprised. Think how I felt. Here I am staring at a 38 caliber lead purveyor, and I hear the hammer click, the gun shot. I wait for the hot lead. 
And instead of a rainbow explosion in the puss, I see the guy in the gun fall. The explanation came from a welcome sauce. My pal, Sergeant Finger. Someday, Rocky, that lucky yours is going to run out. Why didn't you come down the precinct with Mr. Shane? For the reasons which I hope you heard. Namely, the story is told by Honey, Pear, and Marvin. Did you get it all? Did we get it all? The way you were all yelling, we could have taken that story down at the precinct. Come on, Honey, Pear. We're going downtown. I refuse to move. You just have to talk to my husband. He's my lawyer. Your ex-lawyer, Lulu Ann, and your soon-to-be ex-husband. I'll start annulment proceedings tomorrow. Well, you can't annul me. Marvin's dead, and he's the only other husband I ever had. Correction, sweet dreams. Marvin got his hand blasted, not his head. He'll be okay in a week. <laughs> I can see you both now, walking arm in arm in your little old steel cottage, overlooking the Hudson River. In fact, if you're real sweet, I'll talk to Sergeant Finger about getting your room with a southern exposure. That's so you'll all feel at home. Nice feeling, Mr. Shane, having a lively, expensive dinner after looking at some deadly lead. Well, we both have much to be thankful for, Rocky. You keep looking at me as though you want to ask me something. You hit the nail right on my head, Mr. Shane. My nose is where it don't belong again. I mean, Honey Pear wasn't a smart chick. She was wild and screwy and about as subtle as Sophie Tucker. How come she got hooked with a smart guy like you? Oh, I was lonely and she was pretty. She was amusing. And I happened to be a man. Need I say more? <laughs> if you do, you'll be talking too much. You look like you got something on your mind, too, Mr. Shane. <laughs> you hit the nail right on my head, too, Rocky. Uh, I was sort of thinking about you. Well, you'll have to spill without any payment for your thoughts, Mr. Shane. I'm a little low on the loot department. That's what I was thinking about. You see, I'm a very successful attorney. Frankly, I'm quite a wealthy man and... I can afford to have whomever I want around my office. I know your source of income is, uh, rather unstable. How about a job? Me? In a mouthpiece office? Wearing a white collar? <laughs> no, thanks. Not for this moose. Mm, process servers have no use for white collars. and They lead a pretty eventful life. Process server, huh? Yeah, I didn't think of that. An outside-type profession could be interesting and lucrative. Yeah, I have to kick that around between the ears a bit. Well, while you're kicking it around, I'd like to make out a check for you for a nice, sizable uh, advance. Hmm. I'll tell you what, Mr. Shane. Me, I'm a realistic type. Make it out of my favorite charity. Which is? Cash, Mr. Shane. C-A-S-H, cash. NBC has presented Frank Sinatra as that footloose and fancy-free young gentleman... Rocky Fortune. Others in tonight's cast included Betty Lou Gerson, John Stevenson, Maurice Hart, and Barney Phillips. Tonight's script was written by Norm Sickle. Andrew C. Love directed. to tell you about next week's adventure, here's Frank Sinatra as Rocky Fortune. Hey, man, you ever been tiger hunting in Nepal? Well, I haven't either, but they tell me they tie a goat to a stake and they wait for the tiger to show up. Next week, I'll tell you about the time a guy I know went tiger hunting. 
Only the tiger was human, and the goat, that was me. See you around. Visit with Fibber McGee and Molly tonight on the NBC Radio Network.